Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Alliance Church in Lexington, Kentucky. The sermon you're about to hear, When Living on Mission Becomes Personal, was preached by our pastor of outreach and missions, Tyrone Vinegar, on Romans chapter 10, verse 1 and 11 to 15. It was recorded on March 12th, 2023, as a part of Local Impact Weekend. Good morning, church. How are you today? I'm telling you, that song makes me wish I had such a singing voice. I mean, it's like I, I, I want to jump up and I say, okay, I'm up next. But I reminded, I can't sing that great. I mean, I can sing, I can make a wonderful shout out to the Lord, but it's only wonderful to me. Uh, so, so, so I won't torture you with that. But, but the reality of that, that, that song, Hope Has a Name. His name is Jesus. We've experienced that hope. I'm trusting. And if you haven't, I promise you, I would love to tell you how to experience it. But, 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 but today is exactly, I mean, that song is just perfect. Thank you, Zeke. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because the reality is, is today we're going to talk about being involved to help people who feel hopeless have hope. So I'm hoping that you want to do that with me. It's hard to believe. I've been here for about just a little bit over a year now. Man, time flies. And, and, and the only way I can tell I'm a year older is because my beard has gotten a little bit more whiter. Um, and, and, and I don't mind the beard getting more whiter. It's like now I'm trying to get the mustache to catch up with the beard because I almost look like I got a Steve Harvey mustache with just a white beard. And, and, and yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so thanks for the laugh. But church family, it's good to be with you this morning. I'm Tyrone Vinegar, pastor of Outreach and Missions. If I haven't met you um, or if you're new here or visiting, Thrilled to have you. Thrilled to have those with us online as well, but excited about what God is doing. Here at First Alliance, we like to talk about how we move up towards God in worship, in towards each other in discipleship, and out towards our world in missions. And what my job is, is I get the privilege of keeping out in front of us at all times. So as you saw the brief video and the time that I've been here uh, at this church, we've been able to connect with so many partners and, and be able to advance the gospel throughout. But, um, but as we talk about moving up in and out, we also use that as our catalyst for how we operate if we call First Alliance our home church. We ask that you do a worship plus two, and that's whatever worship service works best for you, 8, 15, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. Um, but we also talk about how we can actually move in towards each other in discipleship by being in either a life group or a growing group or some type of Bible study. But our other one is out towards our world in missions. So you find some way that you can serve the community. So our up, in, and out kind of equals our worship plus two. So we're excited about what God is doing, and today I get to talk about how we can continue to go out in new ways. So if you would, let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, right now, Lord, we just ask that you speak to your people. They came to hear what you have to say, not me. So right now, Heavenly Father, I get out of the way, I hide behind the cross, and I ask that your spirit will speak, speak to your people. We love you, 
We praise you. It's in your name I pray and ask it all. Amen. Now I want us to, I want to invite us today to look at the heart of God. And as we look at the heart of God, I want us to compare our heart to the heart of God. God being the model and our heart being somewhere below that. Here's what I do know. When I compared my heart to the heart of God, the gaps that God showed me was not so he could bring condemnation, but it was what he was showing me is he wanted to fill those gaps. Today, what we're going to talk about is when living on mission becomes personal. And God wants to fill gaps in our hearts. So, so here's what I pray, that as you see the gaps that may be in your heart, that you'll rest in God's grace and truth, and that you'll just allow him to love you as he fills the gaps, and we don't have to try to come up with the plan to fill them ourselves. Follow me in the scripture. Today we're coming out of the book of Romans. We're starting in Romans 10 at verse 1. I love what Paul says here. He says, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. Can I ask you a question? Why is God so concerned about the Israelites? Now, Paul's so concerned about the Israelites. Is his salvation not enough for him? I mean, God went out of his way to get Paul's attention on the Damascus road. Paul's saved. He's trying to go closer and closer to Christ. So why does he worry about others? You know, he works full-time as a tent maker. And I'm sure he's tired when he gets off from work. But for some reason, Paul makes time to pray for the Israelites. You see, I believe Paul gives us a few hints in Scripture as to why he cares so much. You see, Galatians 2.20, he said, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. But he also said something in Romans 5, 5 that just blew me away. He says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, here's what I understand. Here's what I believe. I believe Paul understood the Father's heart. You see, he says it's not him, but Christ living through him in in Galatians 2.20. And he also says that God poured out his love into our hearts. You see, what I honestly believe is Paul is talking about the true important message of when living on mission becomes personal. You see, God has to do a work in our hearts. And I believe what Paul is telling us is that is, 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 is simply this. It's not his heart. It's God's heart. It's not his love. It's God's love. You see, only God's love can allow us to look at a complete stranger and wish the best for them. Only God's love can make us say, you know what? I'm actually going to get out of my car and stand on the side of the street with a sign that lets people know how much Jesus Christ loves them. You see, it's only God's love that will allow us to get off of the couch cut off the Georgia football game and go somewhere to tell somebody about who Jesus Christ is. And understand, most of the time, it's reruns I'm looking at anyway. Gosh, 
Oh, I'm so glad the season is over with. Uh, uh, um. But, 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 but the reality is, is it's God's love for people that we get to extend. We don't have to muster it up in our own strength. We don't have to come up with, how do I love this individual? We just simply say, God, help me get out of your way. Follow me in the scripture again. Acts 1.8. I love Acts 1.8 because it simply says this. And this is the Tyrone Vinegar version, the TVV. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Lexington, in all Nicholasville and Kentucky, and to the ends of the earth. Now, please understand. I know someone's a little bit uncomfortable with me changing the scripture, but I want you to understand my heart. What I want us to do is I want us to read Acts 1-8 and see our mission field. I don't want us to see it as some other place, but I want us to see our community and not just this place way overseas. See, First Alliance, we have been given a mission field and we are called to be in the field. And I want us to just kind of process what our church vision statement is. So say it with me, please, as we put it up. We envision a loving community of disciple makers serving and reaching generations with the gospel in our city. Let's stop right where we say it, in our city to the ends of the world. You see, whether you live in Lexington, whether you live in Nicholasville, Versailles, I don't care where you live at, God is calling and equipping us to be disciple makers, people who share the gospel, people who love their neighbor, people who love whomever God puts around them, and we're operating from his love, not our own love. You see, Acts 1-8 shows us that we're called to start in our Jerusalem and move out. Dr. A.B. Simpson, the founder of our missionary group that would later become our denomination, he saw the need in his community. So he went out to the docks and ministered to immigrants as they started coming into the U.S. But come on, let's jump back into the scripture real quick. I want to get back into Romans 10, Romans 10, 14 through 15. It simply says, how then can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can, how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, here, I want us to process. God asked four questions through Paul. But here's what I want us to understand. God never asked a question to us because he's looking for us to give an answer. God already knows the answer, and what God, I believe, his grace is doing is getting us on the same page as he is. He never asks a question that he doesn't know, and he will never ask a question that, will, that, will, that, that we can just, uh, Eureka, God, I'm just wiser than you. But he asks four questions, and I love these four questions. He says, how then can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Well, for time's sake, I want to bundle these questions into pairs of two. And what I'm reminded of is the first two questions help us understand that we must tell people about Jesus. When we think of how can they call on the one who they've not believed in and simply follow with how can they believe on whom they have not heard, I'm reminded then in Romans 10, 2, where Paul was talking about the Israelites. He says that they, have a, they are zealous for God, but the zeal is not based on knowledge. 
First Alliance, as a church, we must not assume because we live in an area where there is complete and free open gospel access that everyone will know Jesus Christ as Lord. We're called to be involved in our community, and I love what First Peter tells us. First Peter 3.15 just simply says that we should be ready to give an account for our faith. You see, it is when we remember what the Holy Spirit has done for us, when we remember what the Holy Spirit had to do to get our attention, that we understand it's not just our attention that he wants, but he wants us to talk about that name where people can have hope, and it is only found in Jesus. And I truly enjoyed my time at Asbury over the past few weeks. Uh, uh, but, but God was reminding me, even when I was at Asbury, that it's not just about me. He gave me a renewal, and I was just thrilled. But the renewal was not just for me. It was a reminder for me that the renewal he gave me, he wants somebody else to experience for the very first time. So when I accepted him into my heart and felt his love rush in on September 28, 2013, every person we come across He wants them to experience that same love and grace. And he's asking us to speak on who he is. So today, as we understand what God is doing, he's simply preparing us because the second set of questions is telling us what comes next. He's reminding us of our grace. He's reminding us to tell people about Jesus. But once we, rem- once we are reminded and once we are told, the second set simply says, go. It says, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? I love it because God not only prepares us before he sends us, but we just get to rest in his grace and love and be his mouthpiece. Here's what I understand. All of us aren't called to preach. But here's what I do know. God saved us from something for something. And when living on mission becomes personal, we are willing to go wherever the Holy Spirit sends us. So what I want us to do is I want us to read Acts 1-8 and see our mission field and not just this place that's all overseas. God is asking us to go deep the hard things in people's lives. God is asking us, are we willing to deal with people? Are we willing to love on people? Are we willing to care for people? So today, I had some friends come. There's an organization that we as a church are um, desiring to continue to grow a relationship with. Um, And they got like great, great kingdom ministry that they're doing. Um, And, uh, and, I've been connected with it for a while, and, um, and some others in the church have been connected with it. But this organization is going to give us great ways that we can get involved in the community. So if you guys will come on up, we're going to talk to them, and we're going to ask them a few questions about how we can get involved. But first, they're going to tell you who they are so you know what you're actually trying to get involved in. <laughs> All right, so if you guys would introduce yourself, please. I am Maggie Middleton. I am the program director for the Amachi Mentoring Program, which is part of the Lexington Leadership Foundation. And I'm Rob Stravitz. Uh, I go here. Um, 
but I'm also have the privilege of being on the board at Lexington Leadership Foundation, and I'm an Amachi mentor. My name is Jared Sloan. I'm program director for the Fatherhood Initiative. All right. Lexington Leadership Foundation. All right. All right. So the first two questions, uh, Maggie, one's for you, and then, Jared, you can follow immediately after. Um, Maggie, tell us what Amachi is, and uh, Jared, tell us what the Fatherhood Initiative is. Amachi is a one-on-one -on -one mentoring program, and we serve children and youth who have been impacted by parental incarceration. So that means we work with kids who have ever had a parent who's been in jail or prison, kids who have had a relative or a family friend who's been incarcerated, or kids who live in a high-crime or high-incarceration neighborhood. Fatherhood Initiative, we seek to come alongside uh, fathers and, and restore um, give them tools for whatever job is in front of them um, so that they can have uh, healthy, lifelong relationships with their kids. All right. All right. Oh, Maggie, why is Amachi so important for our community? So in the state of Kentucky, we actually have one of the highest rates in the country of kids with incarcerated parents. We have about 10% of kids in the state who currently have a parent who's incarcerated. If we raise that to kids who have ever had an incarcerated parent, that number is even higher, and that stands at about 98,000 kids in our state. So it's really an epidemic of kids who um, have had to go through the loss of a parent to... Uh, some, anywhere in the, the jail or the legal system. Um, when you've had a loved one who's been incarcerated that just comes with a host of other issues, when you're a child and that's happened, it can, it can result in anxiety, depression. Um, it can result in school issues. Imagine if you're a child and maybe you've seen your parent arrested and, and it can just be a really, really hard thing to go through. So we ask for mentors to come alongside our young people um, and just to be that source of hope, just to be someone who can come alongside them and just to be a positive adult friend. We also know that research tells us that if kids have an incarcerated parent, they may have a greater likelihood of going to jail themselves one day, and we don't want that to be the case. And we know that mentoring is a proven intervention that can cut that likelihood way down. All right, all right. Rob, i ask you a question, sir. One is kind of a two-part question. Um, you are recently a retired man, and, uh, and when I spoke to you Friday, you said you're truly enjoying retirement. But you are also an Amachi mentor, and you've been an Amanche mentor for quite a few years. Um, working a full-time job, what made you actually say, hey, I want to make time to be a mentor? So I've been a mentor for, I guess, 12 years, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, when I came onto the board at Lexington Leadership Foundation, I, I wanted to get involved in one of its ministries to better understand uh, what, what the organization did. Um, I have a brother in prison, so um, I have an appreciation, I think, for the, the wreckage that it can create. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, this just felt like a really good uh, place for me to get involved. I feel like I can go in and make a difference uh, in, in a kid's life. Um, and uh, honestly, you know, it's, it's not an enormous commitment. I mean, they ask for an hour a week, mm -hmm. Usually it turns out to be more than that, depending. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's just it's just the way that I get to kind of demonstrate my faith and show my faith to a kid. All right. All right. 
right. Well, Jared, I would ask you the same question I asked Maggie earlier. Why is the fatherhood initiative important for the community? Our community uh, needs dads more than ever. Um, Maggie, you mentioned the epidemic uh, earlier, and father absence is an epidemic. And uh, we see the repercussions of it everywhere. Um, what also doesn't get talked about a lot is when a father is present and involved, uh, the positive outcomes uh, increase dramatically uh, for children and families. Um, so children with a father present far outperform their peers in school. Um, moms that have a father with them prenatally and through um, the birth of the child, they're, they're healthier. Um, the, the list goes on and on. And so we want to come alongside fathers that are sitting in a prison, um, fathers that are in a recovery center, fathers that may be sitting in this room right now that are suffering in silence or stressing and worried about how they can connect with a teenager or their, you know, their wife, um, how, to, how to get through some of the barriers um, that they're facing. And so we want to come alongside. Fatherhood Initiative has been doing this for, for 12 years, um, and thousands of men uh, have encountered men like Tyrone and volunteers in the community um, to really be encouraged and empowered to, to take a step in a positive direction in the life of their child. Um, if you guys would show the pictures. Um, yeah, I've been able to volunteer with the Fatherhood Initiative for coming up on six years now. Um, six different groups that I've been with. These are two of them. Um, what I love about these groups is just around men who have a desire um, to be better fathers. Um, some of these guys in this group have been told by the court system, you got to do this class. Uh, and it's funny to watch as, uh, as men open up uh, when they come from being told to do a class to actually enjoy doing the class. And in one of the pictures, one of the guys, man, I mean, he came the first night, he talked and talked and talked and talked. Uh, and, and normally those are the guys that never come back around. And this guy came every single night. And there's like a minimum. You got to do this many. And he kept getting right there. Okay, this is my last one that I had to be at, right? All right, I'm done. I'm done. He came back to every single one of them. And what I love about this is at some point in a 13-week time that I did, hung out with these guys, somebody in the class, and, and it, it, it always happens, asks a simple question. Well, Tyrone, what changed in your life? You see, we get to be open with these guys. We get to actually do life with these guys. We get to encourage these guys. And, and, and I, I just, I, I love what we get to do as a fatherhood initiative. I know, Rob, you get to see the fruit as well. Can you tell us how serving with Amachi has impacted your walk with God? Sure. Um, so it's, it's kind of amazing to me because what the kids kind of think you do. So I had one of my, my mentees at one point, he was shocked by the fact that we didn't get paid and he couldn't understand <laughs> why would you do this if you don't get paid? And I got to share with him, well, because I had Jesus. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. That's the pay, isn't it? it is. That's the pay. That's the pay. Oh, yeah, you're going to get me crying again. All right, let's stop. <laughs> um, yeah, l listen. I say that because it's such a joy to be able to help people understand that hope that we sing about every single week. Uh, I mean, you, if you just open your eyes as you drive through cities, you'll see people who look as hopeless as they could possibly be.
And this is in an area where there's a church on every corner. All right, Maggie, um, Jared, um, the last questions I have for both of you, and you can answer um, either way. Um, whoever goes first goes first. Well, what are the ways that we can actually come alongside you guys uh, in prayer? And please tell us, how can we actually get connected so we can go out? Uh so there's really a few ways for Machi specifically. Our biggest need is that we need mentors. We have over 60 kids in our waiting list just waiting for a mentor to spend an hour a week with them for at least one full calendar year. Um, and like Rob said, it's, it's an hour a week doing things that is of similar interest between you and that mentee that we pair you with. And we are very careful and very intentional in, in how we would match you. Um, we take that very very seriously. We know that um, not everyone has that time, um, and that not and that one-on-one -on -one mentoring might not be for everyone. Um, so, but it also, it frankly, we're a nonprofit. It does require money, um, and so this is a great way also to partner with us by perhaps uh, being a donor, um, by by being a financial partner of ours. But another thing we love to do with the Machi is we want to celebrate our kids. We want to be people who are cheerleaders and who just celebrate all the wonderful things that are happening. So every single child in our program right now, all 140 of them, when it's their birthday, they get a simple birthday bag that is brought to them by their staff match specialist. And we need items for those birthday bags. Um, so the next time you're out shopping um, and you see maybe a card game or a board game or an activity kit or even just some balloons or stickers, pick up some extra. And that is a great way that you can serve us so we can put those in our birthday bags for our kiddos. But you can also pray for us that just more mentors would come alongside us um, and that would just really get excited about bringing that hope to all of our kids that are involved in our program. Um, and then for both of us, we've got a table out there with our volunteer recruiter. His name is Michael, who would love to talk with you about getting involved with us. Similarly, we're looking for uh, we're looking for men. We're looking for fathers, grandfathers, um, people willing to sit down and listen and kind of get in the mess of uh, fatherhood because it's messy. And uh, and so similar to how Barnabas was an encourager to, to Paul, we need men that are willing to be encouragers and, and help chip away at some of the labels that fathers have have been thrust <laughs> have had thrust on them their entire lives, uh, non-residential dads, uh, incarcerated dads, um, addicted, uh, low income, deadbeat, all those labels, it, it, it tends to become their identity. And so just humanizing, um, sitting with, and so we need volunteers, we need men that are, that are, that are comfortable and confident to lead a, to lead a group, to facilitate a, a curriculum. Uh, but we need we need mentors that are willing to meet one on one at our center uh, for fathers and families on Georgetown Street just to listen and and help decide what the the right tool is for the right situation, um, and really just be open to when that father asks, uh, you know, what changed for you? How did you how did you overcome this barrier? Um, and then we can share Jesus. So prayers are definitely needed. We 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 share a lot of food. Yeah, uh, we do create a. We, we, we really try to create environments of hospitality and kindness to model our father's kindness. And so lots of food. There's opportunities to, 
uh, even sponsor a group uh, with meals. Um, and we love to create experiences, too, for, for fathers and kids. Um, and so there's, there's lots of ways to get involved. We'd love to connect. So hearing you guys, um, I want to kind of simplify it for us as a church. When I think about 13 weeks with fathers and process two hours a session, I realize, oh, that's only like one day and two extra hours. Uh, 52 hours is two days with four more hours. I mean, this is the type of commitment we're talking about that could potentially impact children and fathers for eternity. Uh, we're not asking you to rework your whole schedule. We're saying here's some easy serve opportunities where if you feel called, we can just get involved and love on people with the love of Jesus. Guys, I thank you so much for being here. You can, you can step down. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Church, I hope our walk away today is just simply that when living on mission becomes personal, we're going to follow the Holy Spirit wherever he sends us. We get to trust that wherever he sends us, we're going to be safe, we're going to be taken care of, and, uh, and the reality is, is we spend eternity with him if we know him. So, uh, so I want to encourage you, see what it is, see what gaps we may have, allow God's truth and grace to fill those gaps. And ask him, where do you get to go? Thank you. Thanks for listening. Here at First Alliance Church, our mission is to passionately pursue God, extend life-changing hope, and disciple people to be spirit-empowered followers of Jesus. To learn more about our church or to hear other sermons like this one, visit us at facleax.com.